Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This week, I have a question that I really couldn't resist trying to answer. It goes like this. I know a lot of people are feeling this right now, but each and every headline I read seems to be a new level of horror and evil, and I can't even wrap my mind around all of the hurtful current events. I know that fear of the unknown is inevitable, and astrology cannot fox that fear, but I remember your horoscope for the year 2019, and some of your recent horoscopes seem to predict all of this political madness and hate. I've been practicing self-care and trying to not burn out so that I can do the work long-term and hopefully make a difference, but I just can't shake the feeling that we are doomed and it feels like the end of the world. This frequently keeps me up at night, and I'm wondering what the stars say about the future of humanity. My biggest concern is that we are so accustomed to these daily, if not hourly, heartbreaking, infuriating, life-threatening headlines and events that we are losing sight of how abnormal and messed up this is. I see this apathy and complacency, and it scares me to my core. Is there any hope? So, damn, that's a good question. I'm going to call you, I don't know, sleepless in Seattle. I just made it up for no reason. This person isn't even from Seattle, but sleepless in Seattle was born on November 16th, 1994 at 8.50 p.m. in Toledo, Ohio. The first thing I want to say is the future is unknowable. So astrology is able to predict patterns and themes and potential, sometimes with scary accuracy. But when we're talking about something as vast as humanity, we cannot accurately predict it. Mm, Maybe we can, actually. We maybe can accurately predict it, but to what end? I am much more interested in predicting what we're working with as a motivational and grounding tool for what work needs to be done instead of saying, this is what will happen. Because you know what? Every individual on this planet has free will. And that free will exists within specific constraints. And those constraints are self-imposed, imposed by others, imposed by the body or gender or class or ability, et cetera, et cetera, of an individual. There's a million factors. I just named a couple. The truth of the matter is we all have free will. And what we will do with that free will is individual. It's individual. And what we will as individuals do to participate in the group of humanity that we are living in or the larger cause of humanity, well, that's something else that I don't know that there's a value in trying to predict as your astrologer. That said, you know, I'm not hopeful, right? I say it on the podcast. I feel like if you're really listening to what I'm saying, you know, I'm not that hopeful. However, this idea of the end of humanity or the end of the world, mm, it's possible. Anything's possible. It's totally possible. It seems a lot more likely that we will have a world war than the end of the world. It seems a lot more likely that the earth will continue to struggle to support humanity. And that as organic resources like water and safety from the sun and food become more scarce and more valuable, that humans will be crappy to each other and that we will suffer and there will be wars and exploitation as associated with those things. Now, none of that is new. It might be new that you think it's coming to you in the United States, but it's not new. The United States has been waging war on tons of countries forever. That's kind of our move out here in the U.S. of A. 
bring war to other countries and other cultures, right? And the U.S. has been at war with so much of its own population, first with the Native Americans that were massacred and have been systematically oppressed over the course of the whole history of the United States and of African Americans through slavery and all that has happened since. We can look at the violence and really the deeply threatening conditions that so many people in this country have had to live through. Listen, we can be scared. We can be scared that we're doomed, that things are overwhelmingly, tragically bad, but that doesn't serve anything or anyone. Getting trapped in the terror of apocalypse or the terror of the evil that men do, or women, whatevs, getting trapped in that is just as useless as being a Pollyanna and saying everything is fine. It's just as useless as being like, politics don't concern me. Everything's okay. It'll work itself out. Heads and tails is the same coin. We need a different approach. And that different approach is to find your agency what that might look like in a time like this moment that compelled you to write your email to me where you're freaking out and you're like, I can't mentally and emotionally stay present with my fear. At that moment is when you really think about, okay, so what do I need to do to get really present in this moment, in this moment with my safety and my security and my agency? What can I do right now to take care of myself? Because if your anxiety level is at a six on a scale from one to 10, and you want to bring it down so that you can start to see your options, so you can start to make better choices, then the first thing to do is not to figure out what those better choices are. The first thing to do is to tend to the anxiety. And this is a really important thing because you're right. You know, the level of horror and evil and fear-inducing circumstances is it's staggering. And additionally, for the first time in human history, we have constant news pushed at us. And we are we are so interconnected with the news. And I don't know, is the news even trustworthy? How is it trustworthy? Who is it trustworthy from? It's a lot to manage. It's a lot to manage. And so the first thing to do is to continue to practice your self-care and to honor that feeling of being doomed. Maybe we are doomed. Lots of people are doomed. Lots of places are doomed. I'm not going to try to be an asshole about it, but I'm also not going to pretend that that's not true. Bad things happen to good people, my friends. Bad things happen to thousands and millions of good people. Life is not symmetrical. All that you can do is find find a way to see the evil, to see your fear, and to be positive in the actions that you pursue. Even if your feelings are fear, try to be creative, proactive, generative in the face of those feelings. Because the truth is, there's a lot to be scared of. There's a lot of ways we could go pretty downhill for a good amount of time. I'm not going to lie. That's real. Let's say that's what's happening. Let's say we're moving towards doom and gloom and apocalypse. Let's just let's just go there for five seconds. Don't worry, not for too long. Okay, what are you going to do? Who are you going to love? How are you going to show that love? How are you going to be a part of the solution or the resistance? That's all you can do. Maybe you will be an empathetic, compassionate, proactive part of the resistance of the downfall of humanity, and humanity will still fall. That's possible. But for the sake of your soul and for the sake of the people that you stand to touch, man, it is worth it to try. I'm not saying hang out with like a spoon trying to pull water out of the bottom of the Titanic. That's not what I'm saying. 
if you're on the Titanic, if it's going down, which is TBD. But if you're on the Titanic and if it's going down, then you might as well help someone to be comfortable. You might as well do your best to find some peace. You might as well help as much as you can and fight back against the tides of negative change as compassionately, as lovingly, as powerfully and passionately as you can. Can you impact other people's apathy? Can you impact other people's complacency? I don't know. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. We don't all have the same skill set. If you aren't a great writer or speaker, then signal boost people who are. If you're not a great listener, try listening to people you don't agree with. You're not going to change the world alone. You're only going to be able to make an impact on the world with others. So don't isolate yourself or alienate yourself. And know the difference between feelings and the current reality. You can feel terrified and understand that things are really bad, but they're not totally new. And if they were this bad two years ago when you weren't freaking out, okay, that's good to know. You woke up. Maybe someone else will wake up, right? You didn't see it, but now you do. Maybe somebody else is just on a different timeline than you. You don't need to fix this for others. You just need to act in integrity with what you believe. Now, my dear, I say all these words to you, and then I look at your birth chart. And O.M. Schwasi, that is a lot of Scorpio you have in your chart. I mean, Venus, Mercury, North Node, Sun, Jupiter, Pluto. My God, that is a lot of Scorpio. So end times, apocalypse, dooms, these are really big fears of yours. What is really terrifying for you is being so deeply out of control. But within that, honestly, you are so strong and you can make the decision to let go, to let go of your need to control, to let go of your need to fix this, but instead to participate in a way that reflects what you believe in. You are inventive and creative and strong, and you just need to pick a focus and go deep into that one focus. We are not all the same. We are all different. And that's okay. That's good. With this much Scorpio in your chart, you got to pick a lane and stay in your damn lane. Pick one to three things that you're going to focus on, that you're going to be proactive about and really keep your energy fixated there because Scorpio energy, I think of, have you ever seen a Japanese sunken tub? It's a miraculous thing. It's a really narrow bathtub, but it's deep. It's really deep. And whenever I see this much Scorpio energy, I think, oh, you're like a Japanese sunken tub. You might have a narrow focus, but man, do you go deep. And so I want to encourage you to think that way. Go deep into just one, maybe a couple of things. Don't do all the things. You might want to once a week, spend some time reading the news, watching news, staying educated about a bunch of things, but only allow yourself to daily stay educated about a couple things. That's okay. There's only so much news we can take in, especially so much bad news. It's okay to have boundaries. You can check in with yourself once a month, once every couple of months about whether or not the strategy is disassociative or effective. Is it empowering you to be more impactful and helpful to others and to the causes you care about? Is it helping you to be more mentally and emotionally well? If you get a yes on both those things, please keep on doing it. If you don't, adjust your, your approach. If you approach this from a state of panic, you will bring panic to the cause, and that helps no one, not you and not the people or situations you're trying to serve. Now, my loves, I hope that's helpful. 
Sleep is in Seattle. I made that up again. Not your name. However, I like it. I want to tell you one more thing. Boundaries are not the easiest thing for you. And this is not because you can't figure them out. It's because it's hard for you to emotionally tolerate your own limitations and the limitations of others. So I urge you to really think about what are the boundaries of what you can do when you relate to yourself. Can you allow yourself to say, this is all I can do for today and I'm going to try again tomorrow? Can you set boundaries with where you allow your thoughts to obsessively creep and return? If you cannot, practice. And if you can, practice. Because my loves, it's all a practice. This thing called life, even this thing called resistance, it's all a practice. So when you fail and when you falter, you just got to keep on trying. Puppies and kittens, guess what? It's the 50th episode of Ghost of a Podcast. I'm really excited about it. Am I going to lie? I don't know why. Is it arbitrary? 50 is a big number. It's a lot of episodes. So thanks for joining me week after week. And uh, we're going to get into your horoscope. June 9th through the 15th, 2019. We're going to do it as a team, as a family, if if you will. But first, I kind of want to talk about something per use. And this week, what I want to talk about is personal responsibility. Now, the way I said it might not be the sexiest way of saying it. You know, another way of saying it is being in integrity with yourself or honoring your soul's truth. These are all synonymous for me because I'm a Capricorn. I talk about personal responsibility, but you know, if you want to like reframe that in a way that actually feels more delicious or more authentic to you, I support that 100%. So the thing about personal responsibility is it requires that we do not have responsive values. Now, what I mean by that is when you allow your situation and not your integrity, your sense of justice, your sense of kindness or right and wrong to guide you, then you end up acting in ways that are really not true to you. In order to live in concert with your soul or to take full responsibility for yourself, I think it's really important that we look at whether or not we are willing to do the right thing, even when things don't go our way, even when we don't get what we want, even when the other person is absolutely doing the wrong thing or one of the many wrong things. And this is really tricky because what I think happens for us is we have this idea, even even if you kind of know better, I think emotionally, we have this idea that life is symmetrical, that if I do the right thing, good things will happen for me. If I do the wrong thing, bad things will happen for me. And I think there's there's some truth to that, absolutely. But ultimately, life is not symmetrical. Terrible things happen to really good people. Wonderful things happen to assholes. That is a true story, my friends. And there are millions and millions and millions of people to prove it. When we do the right thing, the right thing by our standards, by our ethics, by our spiritual or moralistic code, then we have peace with ourselves. And that is really what I want to support you in doing. Because, you know, the work that I do and the work that I've been doing with people for many years is in many ways more concerned with that feeling that you have when you're alone with yourself, when, you, when you're falling asleep or when you first wake up, that feeling that you have about who and what you are. 
not how you present yourself on Instagram, not how your friends think you're doing. That stuff is curated to a greater or lesser extent. What I'm really interested in is how right you feel with yourself and whether that means how right you feel with God or how right you feel with the universe or how right you feel with your sense of ethics is kind of just, from my view, a little bit like aesthetic. It's a little bit about stylistic choices. What I'm really interested in, though, is how right you feel with what is true for you. I want to take a moment to speak to this because I really believe that our thoughts are a messy landscape. And when we allow ourselves to have fucked up thoughts, when we allow ourselves to have messy or angry or petty thoughts, when we allow ourselves to be interested in those thoughts, then we do not have to act from those thoughts. What I see over and over again is people feeling badly about the thoughts they have. And what I want to encourage you to do is to be interested in your negative or unpleasant thoughts. And that interest only is sustainable if it's paired with the willingness to be emotionally present for unpleasant or scary feelings. If you are willing to explore thoughts that you wish you didn't have and stay emotionally present for them, then you can start to unpack what they're really comprised of. Are they a defense mechanism? Are they a habit? Are they simply fear? Are they the arrogance that comes up with not knowing the damn answer, right? When we are willing to be wrong, when we are willing to explore, then we can find ways of being right. We can find new truths. And this is so important for anyone on a healing journey. And, you know, you don't have to be healing trauma to be on a healing journey. You may feel called to want to heal through art or heal through social justice or work in the education system or even in the corporate sphere and have a healing or generative impact on the world around you, not just the world within you. Whatever you're doing, I want to say to you, my friends, that integrity, like wisdom, is accumulative. Our actions and intentions and motivations over the course of time, they build up and build up and build up to become what we are, to truly become a set of habits and organic responses and reactions that either really well reflect the person we want to be and the values that we hold dear or really don't. And it accumulates over time. You don't have to get it right right now, but you want to develop the habits that bring you closer towards getting it right, whatever that means for you. Personal responsibility is a big part of emotional wellness. It's a big part of spiritual integrity. I want to encourage you to think about that, to explore it, not just this week, but moving forward in your life, I want you to know that part of what motivated me to talk about this, other than you know I want to talk about it all the damn time, is we are coming up on some eclipses this July, and, and I'll talk about them more at another time. I don't even encourage you to start Googling them or freaking out about what does it mean, because you can't really prepare for an eclipse. That's not a real thing. You can't really do homework to prepare for the eclipse. Eclipses take a long time to build and a long time to integrate, but what you can do is live in integrity with yourself so that even if your ass is handed to you, even if you have to deal with struggle, you can handle it with integrity. You can handle it in the best way you know how. And that right there is the best we can hope from life. Not for a perfect life, not for a life without pain or struggle. That's unrealistic. 
My friends, tis unrealistic. But what you can do is hope for a life that you do your best in. That, that's, that's an achievable goal for every single one of you. Okay, that's my speech. I'm getting off my soapbox and into the astrologer's chair, and let's talk astrology. Okay, on the 9th, we have a sun squared in Neptune. You're going to start to feel it on the 8th. It's exact on the 9th. You will also feel it on the 10th. This transit is a little bit hard because it kicks up anxiety. This would be a very easy time to act out of fear or insecurity or projection even, instead of integrity. So of course, I encourage you to stay centered. This is a great day or a couple few days rather to try to simplify your life, to not take on new things and to watch over reactions. You are more likely at this time to assume the worst or to jump to wildly romantic conclusions that are not necessarily founded in your situation. And I urge you, my friends, don't do that. Don't do that. This is an excellent time for you to unpack your responses, to check in with your motivations. Ooh, if you can check in with your motivations, this could be really, really powerful. The problem is this transit overlaps with a sun square to Jupiter. Sun square to Jupiter is tricky because it has us jumping to conclusions. So especially on the 9th and 10th, when these two transits are both activated, we are likely to feel like jumping to conclusions based on our best or our worst case scenarios. As much as possible, if you can align yourself with what are my motives here? What am I choosing to do? And if you can't figure it out, that's okay. You can press pause. You can take a break. Now, I'm not encouraging you to ghost on people or ignore your responsibilities, but there's nothing wrong with putting one of those auto responders on your email being like, I will take an extra, you know, two days to get back to you this week or reaching out to your friends and being like, hey, my, you know, I'm, I'm feeling really distracted right now. I'm going to be a little MIA this week. There is nothing wrong with you asserting to others that you need a little pause or you need a little space so that your life isn't as pressing on you and you can actually deal with things effectively, the things that need your attention. A really good thing to do whenever Neptune and Jupiter is involved, especially these two particular transits, is watch your substance use. This is not an easy time to navigate addiction gracefully. And so if you can, Try to be really moderate or even abstain around the, these dates. This is also a terrible time for fasting. Don't fast. Don't deny your body nurturance. This is a meaningful time for thinking about how to nurture your soul and how to nurture your choices by having healthy motivations, by having a sense of openness, and also by being present. Not future, not past. If you catch yourself in a what-ifs cycle, Rain it in because that's not a good use of this energy. On the 13th, we will have an exact Mars trine to Neptune. Now, this is actually quite a lovely transit. And so at this time, you are likely to feel like you can really put into practice some of the things that you figured out earlier in the week. This is a great time for being supportive to others, for putting the drives of your ego to the side and really dealing with things in a more community-minded way or in a more expansive way, depending on what your situation is. If you are trying to start some sort of habit of giving to others or being more generous, this is a great time to do it. If you are simply trying to look at your ego in a supportive yet critical way, 
excellent time to do it again, but do it quick because on the 14th, Mars will form an opposition to Saturn. And Mars opposite Saturn, honestly, is hard. I'm not going to lie to you guys. The Sun square to Neptune on the 9th and the Mars opposition to Saturn on the 14th is not what I would call an easy collection of transits. Mars opposite Saturn can really bring up frustrating situations and dynamics. Whenever we have oppositions, we have a greater tendency to project things out or to have to deal with things in dynamic with others. And you might find yourself in a dynamic with someone where they're trying to do something or push you to do something that you think is wrong or that would just be a huge burden on you. Or you might be doing that to someone else. You might simply want to move something forward that the other person or other people are like, no, it's not possible because of X. In either situation, it's really important that you don't get embroiled in power struggles and right and wrong cock blocks because that just means nothing's going to move forward. You are probably going to need to move really slowly forward with your plans and deal with some measure of frustration around this day. Depending on your nature, that might make you feel angry, it might make you feel anxious or depressive, or it just might make you feel hella annoyed. Either way, it's not going to last very long. It's only a couple few days. And the best thing to do, if possible, is take the wisdom of the transits that happened earlier in the week that allowed you to look at your motives and keep on applying it at this time. Now, it won't be easy because Mars doesn't like to look at motives. Mars likes to just act. And Saturn likes to see right and wrong and punishment and reward. And so it'll be really useful to you to be willing to look at what are your motives here? What are the motives of the other person? And to understand that that's not an excuse or a justification, but it is important and valuable information that you can use, um, whether it's to understand your situation or to better understand why you're acting the way you're acting and why you feel like you need what you feel like you need. Because Mars, when it needs something, it's pretty demanding. And you want to make sure that your demanding needs are actually netted in something true and real instead of simply your ego. My loves, another week, another horoscope. And I am so happy that you've joined me for this one. As I mentioned last week, I am having my first live webinar. Um, and I'm really excited about it. It's on emotional intelligence. And this webinar will be happening on June 23rd at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you cannot join at that time, you can still register and get a download that you get to keep of the class, which honestly, I think you should. I think, I think you should. I think you'll like it. I love talking about emotional intelligence, what it is, what it isn't, and how to track it through the birth chart. I think that, you know, if you are an advanced or intermediate student of astrology, you'll get a lot of value out of it. And if you're really just like, I know my sun sign, but I don't really know what else is going on. I still think you'll get a lot of value out of it. Maybe there will be some things that you don't quite understand what I'm talking about astrologically, but there will be a lot of content there for you on the topic of emotional integrity and emotional responsibility and emotional wellness. So sign up. Uh, the link will be in the show notes and also on my website on the events page. And you know, my website is lovelanyato.com. I also want to say, hey, if you like this podcast, why not think about, you know, liking it or subscribing to it or writing a review? Ever since I learned that I could do whatever I wanted on the podcast, I got really excited, which means I can talk about the reviews I get. Why did I think that was a weird thing to do or that I couldn't do it? Nobody knows. 
but I want to shout out the very first person to review my podcast on iTunes. Shout out to Mina, who on August 11th, 2018, not even a week after I dropped this whole entire podcast, said, Jessica Lignato is a phenomenal astrologer who combines self-healing, reflection, social justice, and intersectionality to her readings and findings. So glad I found you here. Um, No, I'm so glad you found me here. Thank you so much for writing that first review. It actually like meant so much to me. I can't even tell you. That was just nice. It was a first. It was a first. Uh, and thank you for everybody who's on this 50 episode deep journey with me. Let's just keep doing it. Come back next week. And in the meantime, my loves, be kind to yourself and others. Every year they say the end is near. But we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.